0: Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of the Godfather, where we will discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this movie. As if, as if no one else has ever done that before, right? No one's ever talked about the hidden layers and deep <laughs> meanings. We're going to go in a different direction, perhaps, than other people have. And joining me today on the panel are uh, Mike Creevy. Hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> and Father Michael Gossett. Hi, Father Michael. Hi, Dom. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> me too. And Andrew Hermes. Hi, Andrew.
1: Hey, Dom. How's it
0: going? Excellent. Before we get started, folks, remember to like The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia. Retweet the show on Twitter where we're at SQPN and leave us comments. We love to get your feedback. And uh, hopefully we get a little time at the end. I've got some feedback from some listeners on our previous shows that I'd like to share with you. We love to have feedback and create this conversation and community. So let's let's get into this. This one of the greatest American movies of all time, let's just say it. Um, and so, I want to start by finding out when you guys first saw this. When was the first time you had seen The Godfather? And maybe how often have you seen it? So, Andrew, I know you're a you're a, a movie buff. You're you studied film, right? Yes, I did. All right, so yeah, went to film school. This is this is in your wheelhouse. So, so how many? When did you see it first? How many times have you seen The Godfather?
1: Uh, um, I. I've seen the Godfather at least a dozen times in my lifetime. Uh, And probably more than that, like seeing fragments of it, you know, AMC always plays it a lot. They tend to do a marathon uh, randomly. So growing up, I would always catch it on TV, you know, maybe halfway through or, you know, maybe from the beginning, but rarely. Uh, But yeah, definitely. I can't remember the first time I saw it. I know I was probably way too young. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the first time All I right. saw it. Uh,
1: probably in uh in middle school, um, I would guess. Awesome. Uh I I my parents were really cool with me watching uh rated R movies from a very young age. So um but and I always had an early I had an early appreciation for film. So uh yeah, I've and and film school it's definitely a, a movie we always uh studied and, and uh went back to. Uh and uh, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a master class in filmmaking. Uh, Father Michael, uh, how about you? Uh
2: similar way to Andrew. I think it was kind of always in the background, just being on TV and things like that growing up. But I don't think I really noticed it until I didn't go to film school, but I took a film class in college, and uh, we watched the baptism scene. And then, uh, yeah, one of those Thanksgivings, I was home for break, and AMC played – all three of them in a row. And I think I sat and watched all three of them in a row. So <laughs> there you go. They really, uh, understanding a little bit more about it, maybe appreciated a whole lot more than I've loved it ever since.
0: Nice. And Mike, how about you?
3: Similar to, uh, to both you guys, I think. And, uh, you know, although I must say father watching them back to back, I mean, that's, that's a, you're probably pushing nine hours or uh-huh. so at that point. <laughs> so, But uh, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd say high school for sure. Maybe a little bit before that, uh, and you know it's it's hard to say how many times I've I've seen them now. I think I've seen the first two, a couple more times than the third one, um, uh, but I I'd, I I'd, I'd, I would not be surprised if it's close to ten at this point. So yeah. wow.
0: <laughs> so you know, my name being Domenico Bettinelli, Sicilian family. My dad knows guys. You know, you, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm of that certain age that I was born just before the movie came out. You can imagine I must have seen this like so many times. This was my first time.
1: <laughs> I had never seen the movie before. Father, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's a sin, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is my public confession.
0: <laughs> I uh, I don't. It's it, it's like I had I hadn't seen Casablanca before I met my wife, and one of our first dates, she was like, "Okay, we're sitting down and watching Casablanca. How could you have not seen Casablanca?" And it's just yeah. one of the things. My dad and I watch all kinds of classic movies together, but there's just some there's just these gaps, um, and I just mm. think it's because. Everybody had seen it and I hadn't. And and just that's how it was. So <laughs> I'm so glad that I've watched it now because this was an awesome movie. Uh, so let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the background for this movie. You know, uh, it, it based on a book by Mario Puzo, uh, it's a three hour movie. No, no less than three hours. Uh, <laughs> released in 1972, directed by Francis Ford Coppola with an all star cast. This cast is incredible. Uh the music is amazing. I've spent the last uh, uh, forty minutes or so listening to the soundtrack, getting <laughs> getting myself pumped up. Uh, the the music by Nino Rota, classic. Everybody recognizes it. the 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 Grand The Godfather Waltz is the mafia music now. Like everybody, mm-hmm. everybody hears that and they know what it means. You know, and everybody goes, "Oh!" Like, actually, in my house, like it with my father's brothers. You know, somebody walks in. They're in a nice suit. They go da 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 da, da You know, like oh, it's, it's wearing a mob suit. It's it's just the way it is. Um, so a- amazing. Uh, a movie that came out in '72. It's regularly regarded as one as the, if not the greatest American movie in the top five. Um, although there is some controversy. Godfather Two is I think considered better. Guys, Godfather Two better than Godfather One. I think they said it was the first sequel to win an
3: oscar for for best picture right something like that That's it's not very common yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah i think it's better i think part two you is know. slightly better okay. they're both in my top five yeah but mm-hmm. yeah good work yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then uh other aspects of the background uh you know things like the the italian american culture that we see in it the the class, like the food lots of food all kinds of food when uh when Clebenza is making the the uh, the spaghetti sauce and telling Michael how to make it, you know the this whole like, although uh, that's a simple sauce. I mean, a real Sicilian sauce has more to it, but uh, you know you can, you wouldn't go wrong with what he did. Um, but uh, the so food, lots of food, and then there's the other part of it, which really strikes home for us, which is the faith aspect. And there's something about this these the mob, these mobsters these violent Mobsters, and let's let's be honest. As gentlemanly, even as Vito Corleone looked to be, these were violent guys, and uh, you know they were they were regularly violating the Ten Commandments. And yet, there was a certain kind of piety to what they did. There was a certain kind of deference to the Catholic faith. What do you think about this tension between those two things?
3: Well,
2: it seems like uh, it's almost there's there's sort of a superstitious nature and in this movie and in a lot of mob movies when you see Catholicism brought into it that we need to go through these motions and we need to sort of pay our dues uh spiritually so things don't go wrong that that there are lines you don't cross and even that's it struck me watching it this time we see them hurting each other and committing great acts of violence against each other we don't see a lot of the other crimes they commit but uh there are lines for them. And especially in, in this movie that Vito has a line, uh, a moral line that he doesn't want to cross. And I think that Catholicism plays into it that with everything they do, there's, and we can't condone any of it. Uh, there's still this sort of background of, well, there are things you have to do that are inherently right or inherently uh, just part of how you should live and coming out of a, a where they all came from and and if you watch further back in the movies seeing kind of the uh the the homeland and everything that catholicism was just there it was built in it was part of the part of the culture and continued for italian americans when they came here
0: Hmm. you you know you mentioned something there's some it it kind of struck a note with me which is not exactly the the related to this but you never actually see any of the Criminal activity that they do, apart from the stuff that they do to each other, you don't see their, the the crimes that they're committing. You don't see the, uh, um, uh, you know, the gambling, the the the, the rum running, or any of that stuff. Do you? Uh, okay, why do you think that is? Why do you think Coppola does not show any of that? I I have a theory, but
3: I, I'm not I'm, I'm the least expert here, so I'll just I'll just throw this out there because I I wonder if it's um or part of it could be um so much of it seems so relational um and that it's it's you know the you know, the importance of the family you know and and um in a sense really kind of um what you might I don't know what you might call like an idolization of the family so it's almost like a a really, really, really blown out of proportion and, and misapplied sense of honoring your father and mother. <laughs> I mean, to this sort of like you know expanded to to everything being about the family, even beyond any notion of out, outside authority, law, order, any anything like that. Um, so I almost wonder if if you know they might mention the you know like the union stuff, the you know, having congressmen on the payroll, all these kinds of things in the context of that, but that that's not the focus. I wonder. That's that's kind of my take on it.
0: Yeah, I feel like that the Coppola's idea here and Puzo cuz he was the he also wrote the help write the screenplay with Coppola it was the, to focus on these relationships that it's really what's most interesting is is not the, the the business part of being a mobster what's most interesting except for you know the the talking about it, like with Solazzo and the and the drug running but it's the the relationships, the family relationship, right down to the fact that there are five families in New York City. So you have these family relationships. We should probably talk a little about that. That that idea of the five families is a is actually real. There were five, and I think still are to a large degree, five fam, Italian families, mob families that basically run the criminal business in New York City. New York was a special case. Other other cities around the country, like Boston. They had like a family that actually covered Boston and Providence and some of that. Uh, but the, but New York was such a big base for them that the five families divided up the city in a sense. Uh, Vegas is another one where they've the, where the the mob families divided up control. So th- it's, it's interesting that it's so much of this is a it says it's about family. But it's a like you say, it's a distorted view of family. You know, you have a, a loyalty to family that goes beyond what's healthy. Uh, it's because it, you're not seeking the good of the other at that point. The family is even above the good of the other or good of the self. Uh, so that's a good point. Uh, that, uh, uh, interesting point.
2: And it's so easy to, to get out of the family, uh, in so many ways. And the, the guy that was supposed to drive Vito when Vito got shot, Paul immediately yeah. killed. And, uh, just that, that, that sort of that loyalty, uh, is not universal and it's not absolute. And it it kind of just made me think of how like so many virtues can be turned into vices by making them the most important thing. And kind of that, like you said, that idea of like, well, we take care of our own to the exclusion of everything else. And even when it hurts, you get cast out of it. uh, It's just, yeah, a virtue gone wrong.
0: That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Virtues taken to an extreme can become a vice. And that's what he is. The loyalty is good, but loyalty to the extreme is it means that individuals get sacrificed uh, and, and they didn't trust Pauly. They figured Pauly must have turned over Vito, he must have turned on Vito because he was out sick that day. Uh, the same thing with Tessio and uh, his betrayal at the end. You know, they just, hey, it's just business, nothing personal. And you, you keep hearing that over and over again. It's just business. It wasn't personal. We're still friends, even though I tried to kill you. You know, it's just like, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we could still be friends, but uh, OK.
1: Yeah, I think another aspect of that, too, um, why they concentrated so much more on the the family and the relationships is in order to sympathize with these characters that, you know, are capable of all these uh, evil things and are doing all these evil things. Um, it's It's better that the viewer doesn't really see what's happening. I mean, gangster films like the really classic gangster films during the era of of the Hays code when when the motion picture association had a code uh you couldn't portray gangsters uh as sympathetic or empathetic figures um that was part of the code so when you would watch classic gangster films you they would just be the bad guys and they were bad guys you know uh, the godfather why it's so uh why it was such a turning point for gangster dramas and kind of led the way for you know the the later Scorsese films like Goodfellas and and for the Sopranos is that it allowed you to have sympathy uh, for these characters, um, even though you know they 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 are at their you know at the end of the day they they're bad people uh, that do bad things, um, and uh, I think that uh, as as you see them do these uh, horrible things, it, it kind of heightens like when when Michael turns um and then you know spoiler for Godfather 2 when he ultimately you know kills his brother uh, you know it, it, when those events take place it's felt more on a on a deeper level it's like he didn't just do this because it's you know as they say as you just said it's not just you know it's all business no it's not it's it's really personal um uh and they just pretend to be cold and 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 harsh but um, I think that allows those events to to really take center stage uh, in a gangster film.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, it is really the rise of the era of the anti-hero at this point with these movies, uh, you know, with the with the code changing is now you can have these the, you, the audience can be put in this uncomfortable position of rooting for the bad guy. Like, no, no, he's a he's a bad guy who should get caught. He's I like him. Why why do you have to be a bad guy? You know. So yes. We see that quite often in 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 movies these days. Almost almost too much. Too many anti-heroes almost. Uh but like I think like with Breaking Bad and and some of those TV shows, even, uh, these these anti-heroes that that you root for but don't want to root for. Uh so very interesting. And then you have the whole Godfather relationship. Godfather is a is a sacramental relationship. It's, It's someone who's who uh, during the, the the sacrament of baptism, stands up and and enters into a relationship with a family and this child who's becoming part of the family of God, a, a, and you you are saying you know I'm standing there uh, to, to to witness to faith with this child and they again they it gets twisted and turned and now it becomes this thing where they, like right at the beginning the Godfather and this uh, um, I forget reason but the Undertaker who to, to whose child the godfather is godfather, uh, Don Colleone is the godfather, and and they have this relationship, and he gets mad at him because, hey, I you come to me, I'm the godfather to your child, you disrespect me in this way and and all this stuff. And and it's this relationship is important to the point where at the end, where where Michael Michael's journey has become become complete. He has taken up his lightsaber to slay the emperor uh, to use another movie, uh, and his just journey to the dark side is complete. He has become quite literally the Godfather. Uh, it's, 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 it's not subtle uh, like that, uh, but, uh, that's okay. Uh, and, and it's, so it's so interesting. So this idea of this, again, this faith relationship that's taken to an extreme and twisted into something else. Well,
3: and, and if, if, you know, I, I you know, I mean, we'll come back and forth to this, I'm sure throughout, you know, but, uh. You know, I, something that that kind of comes up, I think, the more I watch it with with his arc, especially, is, you know, when Michael's sitting there at the wedding, you know, and you see his reluctance, you know, and you see this, you know, it gets fleshed out more and more, like that he doesn't want to be part of that world, uh, as he says to Kay, you know, that's my family, Kay, that's not me, you know, and you really get the sense that he he means it, he's this, this World War II vet, you know, he's at this stage of his life, um, and by the end of it, you know, being in a sense, more brutal, you know, than his father ever was, you know, uh, and that that gets fleshed out again, more spoilers, you know, in the, in the next two uh, movies, especially the second one. But uh, I, I often think of that, you know, it makes me think about that, except for the grace of God, there go I thing, you know, Because I don't know, I think it's just worth thinking about, like how, how we judge what we would really do. Oh, I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do that. It's I think it's good to meditate on you know, it's it's uh there's a lot of things in play, <laughs> you know, in, in our lives like that. And that's I think it really shows
0: that well. You know, that's I, th- that's a good segue into what, to the next part I want to talk about, which is the structure of the movie, because uh, I want to talk a little about the, the wedding scene right there in the beginning. The movie is the journey of Michael Corleone. It is really the journey of Michael Corleone from where do you where he is at the beginning of the movie to full fledged dawn at the end of the movie. And the first part of the movie is in the first half hour of the movie. I mean, it's just astounding is I can't imagine what it was like for them to film this, this wedding uh, scene, Connie's wedding, uh, Michael's sister, the daughter of the of the dawn. um, And you have this huge American wedding. It's an Italian-American wedding, but it's this huge wedding. And it contrasts, which we'll get to with a second wedding in the film, which is Michael's wedding in Sicily uh it, the first wedding we don't see the church there is no religious significance to it it's all cultural it's all party it's all you have uh, business you have the other the heads of the families there uh they even say up front you know a don cannot refuse a request on the day of his daughter's wedding you know so it, it's it's but it's business it's very very much business um and then you have Michael there in like you mentioned in his marine corps uniform, he's an American war hero with his very American girlfriend, Michael is as, as far from being part of that family as he can be, even to the point where he's literally not in the picture. Like, you know, they're taking a family picture. He's literally not in the picture uh, and has to be dragged in and even drags Kay with him into the picture. And, and, it's, and it's a very interesting moment in contrast with where we are later. What about this? Um, it, so the, the, the wedding sets the tone it it establishes the world where where immediately post World War II it's 1946 I think as we begin we see all the key characters we get their characterization Sonny's a a hothead and kind of kind of a jerk he he, he ble- you know his wife is there and he's off with one of the bridesmaids you know doing whatever you get Tom Hagan the outsider who's been made part an insider in the family uh he's the conciliary. uh you know you get all these different characters established right there at the beginning what do you guys think of this first part of the movie, this first scene, really? That, uh, the very first
2: moment. And I mean, I notice new things every time. And, uh, I'm sure a million people on the internet have talked about these things. But the first line is, I believe in America. And yeah, uh, mm. that it's that amazing, like it's pulling away from the Undertaker talking until you finally see, uh, Don Vito, uh, listening to him. But just that, I believe in America. And then he goes on and on about how America has failed him. And that really does set up so much of the idea of that. Well, the mafia exists because they, they take care of things that the institutions won't. And that that's why he, he goes to the Godfather. But, uh, and like Andrew mentioned before, just the lighting that it's this dark scene compared to the, to the bright wedding outside that you really get before you meet the whole family, you're right in the midst of like, this is what this, uh, this setup is this is what uh this relationship that the the godfather has with his family and kind of the community this is what it looks like
0: Mm. it's the deals done in the dark
1: yeah Mm -hmm. the the first scene um what's interesting as as father pointed out again it's this big bright extravagant wedding um and when you're first introduced to michael you know who again this movie is ultimately about um, you see him bright faced out in the sun. Um, you know, obviously, uh, an outsider looking in. Uh, and as the movie progresses, you'll, you'll notice that, uh, the, the lighting on Michael becomes progressively darker, more shadows. Um, he, he becomes more and more, uh, like his father. Um, uh, and I think that scene is, uh, Is is pivotal because at the end of the day they're a big Italian family, you know. It's it's it sets the, you know the 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 sets course sets the course uh, going forward that, um, everything that happens from now on from this celebration uh, going forward, um, every it it shows you the the facade, uh, you know, uh, that that's going on, and then, um, you know, this is something that they do only when uh, you know, someone gets married when someone gets baptized, obviously later in the film, um, these joyous, you know, happy moments, uh, you know, are just, are just there. Uh, but everyone knows what's going on. Uh, that's why I think it's interwoven with the, the scene with, uh, with Vito, um, uh, you know, handing out favors. Uh, it's, it's the, it's, it's the ultimate uh, theme of all three films. It's good versus evil you know it's the happiness uh and the good of the the wedding ceremony uh compared to the underbelly of the gangster world um so i think that that just uh it's a perfect setup for the rest of the franchise
0: there's a thin veneer of joy and happiness and good over this yeah. layer of evil that's happening yeah yes and the only the only thing i would add and i i, I don't know if i'm reading too much
3: into this and it's 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 difficult to it's difficult to disjoint the discussion from, you know, what happens in two and three as well to, to see them all as kind of one big uh, storyline. But I, I find it very without without ruining the end of the third one <laughs> because I <laughs> try not to spoil see, me. <laughs> no, I don't. I, no, no, but, but to to see it all like that, I think this makes a little more sense. But just to I found it interesting that when you look at like um, a lot of classic uh uh, literature, even like like Lord of the Rings, for example, or, or certainly like you know the Bible, there's this recurring motif that I think we're all kind of primed for to have you know some sort of launching pe- you know, point. And there's there's struggle and turmoil, and then you know you often see this theme of of the big bright ending at some kind of wedding. Right. I I find it interesting that this starts at this big happy wedding. Hmm. <laughs> and I, and I it's almost like this inverse, you know, which you see play out more and more that it's it's my I, I read at least a little bit on it, I think you can at least make an argument for that that you have this up front and then things just kind of deteriorate. It, it's it's like the exact opposite of how it's supposed to be kind of things. So that that hit me this time something I want to think about a little more.
0: Almost like Dante's journey into hell, you know, that right. that yeah, idea yeah. that's yeah. a very interesting uh, connection
3: and it kind of
2: that that over the course of the film just like sin isolates people yeah that michael's already separate from his family because of this but it's it gets to him too
0: Mm -hmm. right yeah i mean even the in the the the, when you talk about sin isolates people, you have uh connie's husband the 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 the, the groom at this wedding is a is a horrible person i mean at one point sonny beats the heck out of him and he deserves it because he beats Mm -hmm. his wife, which is like pregnant wife, but he beats his, but, but yet by the end of the film, he's the one, he's still in the family. He's still got a purpose that Michael has for him. You know, he's, he's still, he, you know, still there. And it's, it's like, uh, this guy of anybody should be should be on the outs. now I'm not saying he should be killed i'm not I'm not going to say that but I'm saying he should be like all right there's the door go through it never come back you know we never want to see you again uh you know, that sort of thing but but there's there's that you know, there's they're isolated in the sense of people who should be isolated should should be cast out people who are bad are kept close and and you can see by the end when you talk about isolated Right at the very end where you have Kay, I think Kay is realizing what she's gotten herself into as that door closes on the Don's office, which is now Don Michael's office. And the door closes between her and Michael. I mean, hello. That's yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting bit of symbolism there. That is very clearly, he, you know, that isolation. She's being isolated from him in this moment. Um and I mean, we could you could write a book about the relationship between Kay and Michael in this in this movie. I mean, that's a whole nother uh, aspect to it. Um, Re- real quick, if I may, but uh, just when
3: we talked about the the cultural impact of this movie and it's just the one one good example of that, how it's just all over the place. There's a really hilarious parody, like frame for frame parody of that beating scene <laughs> in The Simpsons where Marge like goes after, like some homeless guy tries to like accost her and it's like shot for shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that. You got to look that up on YouTube later. Uh, pretty- <laughs> that's,
0: that's so funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would be good. That'd be funny. So um, I would say that the, this first part of the film, this establishing sequence doesn't end until after the whole LA bit. So Johnny Fontaine played by Al Martino, the singer uh, is looking for a, a part. He's the Don's uh godson, right? I think he's a godson too. Uh, but he's he's got a relationship with them. Uh, so the, Don Corleone, Don Vito sends Tom Hagen out to L.A. to talk to this movie studio exec who just refuses, flat out refuses. What are you gonna do, you you big gangster? To me, I'm a big powerful man in L.A. in Hollywood. You can't do anything to me. And then the famous you know the horse like as soon as you see the horse I, as soon as i saw it i'm like oh that's the horse. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen yeah. i mean this this is a scene that traumatized a generation of movie goes i mean i can imagine when people saw this in the theater they freaked out at this um and it's probably the the bloodiest scene in the movie i i think like even when sunny gets gunned down it's pretty blood i mean there's a little bit of blood but it's not that gory this is like <laughs> like this this bed is filled with blood. I mean, there's no one, there's no way I can't, I could not figure out how they could have in real life have done, pulled this off without the guy waking up, but you know, it's, it's effective in <laughs> it's in the horror of it. Uh, but I think it sets that tone for the whole movie of, Oh, you know, you think you have these nice gangsters, but what it really, they really are. They're not good people. They're going to, <laughs> when they want to get their way, they're gonna do whatever it takes to get their way, and uh, and, and I mean that's a pretty. It, it was a. It sort of ends that sequence that starts with the wedding and happy, <laughs> um, and it's the the great contrast of that
2: horrible scene with Tom Hagen is nothing but polite polite to, to that man. Oh the
3: yes, the whole time, <laughs> the yeah. whole movie. I just yeah yeah says the, he loves his movies and like
1: shakes his hand <laughs> yeah. Right, and now- I think it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. Johnny Fontaine is Frank Sinatra. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. seems pretty sure. clear. Sure. Guys, yeah.
3: I, I just saw today for the first time. I read on the Wikipedia thing or something. I I'd never heard this before. Uh, at least Wikipedia said that that's that was a real horse head. Yeah, I saw that it. was like from I guess from some. Do- I mean, this is early '70s. I don't know, but from some like dog food, you know, company. Like it was, it was already dead or something. But they he got in big trouble, I guess, for using a real horse. Like, I don't know. That's oh,
0: wow. the first time. Wow. That looked pretty real. That, that, <laughs> that would look never happen today, yeah. I'm sure. No. Wow. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh, the, I'm, I'm going to guess they didn't get that little American humane society label at the yeah, end of the credits. So. <laughs> Probably <laughs> I not. I don't think so. So then the second big part of the movie, the first turning point, the, the thing that sets off everything is when Solazzo meets with the Don, he wants the Don to bankroll his drug business. And, I think I think it's important to point out that around this time, the late the the mid to late 40s, this was when uh, the mob started to get into the, the the drug trade in a big way. Before this, they were in the unions and they were the uh, gambling and, and prostitution and other things. I mean, prostitution was bad, but uh, it, it was it was a bad human cost. But the other things were seen as Well, you know, no, it's 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 a vice, but it's a it's not a bad like people know what they're doing when they get into gambling. You know, it's the only victim is the person who wants to gamble. And so it was kind of turned a little blind eye to. But drugs, as we know, they they decimated cities and they did. And the Don, I think he knows this. I mean, we're told he kind of knows this and he knows that if he gets into the business, his big thing is the influence he has. On congressmen, you know, on politicians and judges, and he knows that if he gets involved with drugs, th- those guys are not going to want to have anything to do with him anymore. And so, uh, and so you have this key moment where Solazzo needs the Don's connections, but the Don says, "If I get if I get into the into business with you, I I, I lose those connections. They'll be useless to to both of us." So. But this, if he if he agrees with this, none of the other stuff happens. The veto doesn't get gunned down on the street. Michael doesn't end up uh, turning to the dark side. You know, we don't have any of this stuff happen. But because he 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 refuses, that's what sets all this off. And in in one way, you could say because he does the right thing, which is I I don't want to get involved with drugs, that causes all the bad stuff. Now, of course, you could say, he was doing the right thing in a, in a bad business. So what do you expect? You know, the, the fruit of the, of the, of evil. But, uh, so what do you think? Is this the key to the whole movie? This, this, this scene with the uh, Salazzo in the meeting? Definitely up till that
2: point, we're kind of just like experiencing the family. And I, I really like that, that so much of the first part of the movie is just like, these are these people, this is how they relate to each other. That like Sonny's the hothead and Fredo's kind of slow and Michael's not part of this and just like these are how they relate to each other. And then suddenly, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Uh, just that this is the, the action that, that makes them, you know, have to deal with, this is who they are and the life that they live and and what it means in the world.
1: Yeah. I think this scene is obviously very pivotal because, um, it kind of sets the course for another pivotal scene that I know we'll get to, um, with in retaliation, uh, to Salazzo. Um, it's, it kind of shows that Vito can see that, you know, the, the gangster life and the gangster business is changing. Um, it's, it's, and it's not something he wants to be a part of. It's, again, it goes back to this, this code that, you know, he has, you know, there are lines that he won't cross and drugs, you know, is one of them, um, for, for personal, reasons and for business reasons and uh, political reasons um and uh and yeah and 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 it's you'll see you'll see in the rest of this film and and part two and part three the ramifications of this of this scene and and this turning point in the gangster business uh just shows how messy how much more messy the the gangster life becomes
0: Right, and then when Mm -hmm. Michael becomes uh, Tony Montana, and no, wait, I'm sorry, that's a whole nother. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole nother movie, and we're probably not going to do a sequence of on that one. So just so
1: you
0: know. Uh, So, so yeah, so that's what this scene leads to: the assassination attempt on Vito, uh, the killing of Luca Brasi. Who, uh, you know, I just got a soft spot for Luca. You know, I just felt bad that poor Luca. When he had to, when he had to go in and had rehearsed that speech for the dawn at the wedding. I mean, (laughs) the big galoot. I mean, the guy, the poor guy. I mean, so they take him out because they know they're gonna take him out early. Uh, And then you have all these scenes where Michael, when his father shot Michael, has to. You know, Sonny is just a crazy person. You know, he flies off the rails. But Michael is the one who's smart and cool and calm. He's most like his father in in that sense, and the the whole business at the hospital. He's the one who saves his father at the hospital. He's the one, and then we come to the second turning point in this movie, which I I, I would say there's it's one of two one of two moments, and you guys we can we could talk about what you think it might be. It's either when Michael kills solazzo in the in the Italian restaurant and makes his bones, you know he he. He really crosses over. That's the defining moment when Michael has crossed over into that world. Or it could be the the day when he finds out within minutes, Sonny has been killed back in the States, you know, and, and Michael's in, in Sicily. And then his new bride, Apollonia, is killed in the car bomb that was meant for him. And that could be the, the other moment that really says cements him in this is my path what do you think is which one do you think more is that's that real second turning point in the in the film i think it's hard to it's hard to say well i mean with any
3: certainty um and, you know this is one of those you know, kind of like you like you said it might be you know just kind of an opinion thing uh, f- for my part um th- on this watching at least and trying to think about that um i think i think it's the 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 sort of double assassinations because i think i don't know it's just i got the feel you know some of those long walks he's on some of his situation in sicily like you can kind of see i think at least there's something in him that's that's you know toying with the notion of staying there <laughs> you know what i mean like like this this is his time to really make this clean break you know he's i mean there's people that know he's there and that sort of thing but it's it's very it's that return to the old country kind of thing. It's 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 probably the biggest. I mean, it might he might as well be on the moon in terms of a difference, you know, in in the setting and some of the 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 culture. Even though there's that connection there, but I don't know. That's that was my thought kind of this time.
2: It made me think. It questioned like when he went to to Sicily, did he think he was going to start a new life there? That this marriage with Apollonia, that this was going to be a that he was he was done with all that now? um cause it it kind of makes you question like. He had done this terrible act, but, uh, you know, what was, what was in his mind as how would he move past it? What would be his life? What would his life be like, uh, now that he's, he's out of
0: there.
1: What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I actually, I have sort of a different take on on the whole Sicily uh, portion of the film. Um, well, first of all, I think the, the scene with, uh, salazzo uh, and Michael, you know, killing Solazzo, um, yeah, I, I I don't think that was the the real turning point. I think, uh, by the way, that scene is probably arguably the best scene in the whole movie. Yeah, um, I agree. With the tension and <laughs> no. uh, building up to it, and going to the bathroom, and the guns not there, and, you hearts know, racing, yeah. and the <laughs>
0: dialogue in in Italian without subtitles. Hey, yeah, mm-hmm. which I think was brilliant because what they're saying isn't important, and in fact, <laughs> by not understanding it. You have to pay attention to the body language and the acting, especially Pacino, was superb. You could see him. Michael is both resolute and afraid. He's tentative, yet he's trying not to let Salasso and McCluskey know. I mean, just he keeps lo- he keeps
3: looking away like he can't look at them
0: yes you yes
3: know? yes and that and that goes away
1: <laughs> it does <laughs> eventually go away <laughs> right Yeah, you know. it's it's a brilliant scene like from ga- beginning to end um but yeah i would i would say his time in in sicily i think that's where he connects most uh with his father because he's now you know where he's in the town of corleone or a town you know, in
0: corleone yeah <laughs> yes. exactly
1: so he his roots are literally there um so I think uh, that, that time that he spends there, it's, it's him morphing more into his father. Like he was a, he was in love with Kay and all of a sudden he's going to marry a traditional Sicilian wife, uh, like his father did, you know, that, uh, you know, a wife that would always look the other way, you know, if, if whenever he's doing his business, um, probably wouldn't even care if he had a mistress, you know, so, uh, I think, I think that time, uh, kind of, was the first sort of push into like his transformation. And then obviously once, you know, sunny and, and Apollonia gets assassinated, um, then that kind of really, really, you know, poured gasoline onto the fire, uh, so to speak. And he became the, the, the new Don.
0: I agree. I think that in fact, the wedding to Apollonia is the second turning point. You have basically two stories. You have that first story that begins with Connie's wedding, and it's the American wedding, with this shows all of the prosperity that the Corleones have had in America, and yet their Italian roots. Uh, but the Sicilian wedding is reserved, traditional, simple. You see the priest. You see the blessing. You see, you know, there's a dance at the at the at Connie's wedding. Uh, Vito dances with Connie at, on the dance floor. At the wedding with Apollonia, it's he dances with Apollonia. It's very formal and reserved. And in fact, the whole courtship is very formalized. I I love that scene where they're walking down the road and then suddenly all of the women of the of the family come into view, walking behind them, chaperoning them.
3: (laughs) By the by the way, John, this is the first time I've ever watched the movie since I became a dad of a daughter. Oh yeah. So when the so so when they're talking to the old man at the restaurant and he's like, no, no one like that lives here. And he runs inside. I'm like, well, I kind of get that now. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I'm on his
0: side. <laughs> well, especially knowing you too, Sicilian guys like I do, I'm on his side. So, uh, uh, but uh, and also Sicilian women are exactly as those guys described you. You don't want to mess with them. <laughs> so, uh, so you have this. Sicilian wedding, and it's Michael in a sense, symbolically, marrying his roots, marrying the family's ways. and that's Michael's transformation. He's left behind Kay, his American girlfriend, and taken up with Apollonia, uh, which I think it, it is an argument for why he he may, he may have been uh, thinking that he was never going back because he, he, he you know he's apparently thinking he's not going to go back to Kay. And, uh, and, but he marries her and embraces that, that part of his life, his family, his heritage. Uh, and that's the moment of transformation. So I think, I agree. I think this is a fundamental change in Michael at this moment. Uh, so we have, we have, the his marriage and then the death of Apollonia and the death of Sonny, which is probably, you know, probably the best thing that, that happened to the family was that Sonny was not oh, in charge think- anymore. The hot-headed Sonny. Oh, Sonny. And uh, so this sets Michael off on the journey to become the Don. And then we have the climax of the movie. Everything sort of builds to this uh, moment. The Don, Don Vito, uh, which was, I got to say, a a nice scene. The scene with with Don Vito and his grandson Mm. in the tomato garden. And he's mm-hmm. playing with the kid, and I don't think that kid was acting when he was scared of Brando with the with the yeah, <laughs> <like> <laughs> orange peel in his mouth. I think that kid was, I think he was uh, really expressing himself there. And uh, I I gotta hand it to Brando. I mean, as crazy of a coot he as he was, he was a great actor. I mean, that's I mean, he was really so great in this. Um, and and well, it's he, like one of the only genuine peace scenes in yeah. the whole right. You know. And then he dies. (laughs) Well, (laughs) he almost literally is out to pasture. I mean, you can kind of say like this is the Don. Like we'd seen a couple scenes where you could tell he's kind of losing a step. He 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 repeats himself to Michael and that sort of stuff. And Michael respectful loves his father. uh, Doesn't call him on it, but you know, but he knows. And so the Don you know dies in this moment. Dies in his garden in his among his tomatoes. So how, how symbolic of an old, old Sicilian dying in his tomato patch. Uh, that that was my my grandfather didn't exactly die in his tomato patch, but if he could have, he would have. Uh, he was a great gardener. And uh, so Michael takes over, and so we have we have it's almost a movie of sacraments. We have baptisms, funerals, and weddings, mm-hmm. and so we've already had the weddings, and now we have the funeral, uh, and the prayers at the at the uh, at the graveside. And this is where Michael sees who his enemies are and who's plotting to, to kill him. He sees Tessio, Ava Goda, who I think is still alive. I'm not sure. I, I, I should check the website. There's a website. Is Ava goda still alive? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, if, if anybody's still alive... Actually-
1: I might be wrong. I think he died very recently. Yeah, he so, did. Like he actually the did. <laughs> yeah, God rest his <laughs> soul. Ava
0: Go the best Barney, I, I remember from watching Barney Miller. I'm that old. Uh, uh Go is the best. Uh, but, Te- you know, Tessio, you know, is he knows he's in a bad position. He's it's either him or Clemenza have got to be the one to go to Bar- uh, Barzini and be the one to betray him. Because th- that means he's going to survive if they take a uh, Michael. He's he's making the bet that Michael is not going to survive this. He makes the wrong bet. And so Michael knows Tessio is the one. Barzini is 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 coming for him, and Michael sets it up. So first he he prepares. The family is leaving New York. That's the first big thing. Um, and you, and and so he he sets up Mo Green. Oh Mo, Mo Green's a funny character. <laughs> that that scene with uh, with Fredo uh, out oh. there. Fredo is, oh, the, man. is the biggest it's uncomfortable <laughs> oh my gosh Fredo is such a doofus oh. um, just I mean that whole moment where Fredo with the assassination attempt on Vito and Fredo fumbles the gun like it just mm-hmm. it sort of tells you exactly who Fredo is in, in this yep. movie um, and so they set up this moment and then we have this great scene I love the fact that we have the whole rite of baptism No, well, not not every word but we have the rite of baptism here, and of course it's it's the pre it's the 1962 it's the pre-vatican II latin baptism ceremony but as uh, i'm trying to look at the the lines here but as the the prayer michael is renouncing satan at the moment that the heads of the five families are being assassinated on his orders i mean Mm -hmm. do you renounce satan and all his works and and he's he's doing Satan's work right then and there as he <laughs> pronounces him. I mean, this is this is Michael selling his soul uh, at this moment, uh, but also literally becoming the Godfather. So I, I, I'm monopolizing the microphone here, guys. I'm so excited about this movie. <laughs> Go <laughs> yeah, ahead and yeah. jump in. Anybody have any uh, 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 any notes to say about about this part of the movie?
2: I would just say that, uh, like, my my niece was baptized in the extraordinary form. Just a couple of years ago, it's the movie gets it right. I mean that that is the right and uh, and I think especially significantly, like you mentioned, Dom, the godparents speak for the child, and so they don't say, "Baby, do you renounce Satan?" It's Michael, and uh, and that's such a powerful thing that he has to say it. And, uh, and I think kind of like you mentioned that when we started talking, just that uh, the idea of the Godfather is a special role, but also like uh at the beginning don the don Don Vito speaks for his family in so many ways he's the Godfather for all of them and now Michael takes on that role and you see like he's speaking for his family that's in all these violent ways, and that uh kind of just he stands in, which is the godfather's role and stands in and not in leading them to Christ or anything but uh you know that selfish violence that we've been talking about
0: right that that warping of what it means to be a godfather uh but but he's there that's it's very interesting um how about, how about you uh andrew uh this this whole scene what can you draw anything out of this that uh obviously you you probably have more uh, insight into this into these
1: this climactic scene yeah well again it's it's the the ultimate example of of this ongoing theme it's the duality of man it's uh just as soon as he you know, takes these vows. um, He goes right back against them, you know? And uh, I think the, the interweaving of, of, of the, of the killings and the baptism uh, really shows that, you know, this is the path that uh, Michael has chosen. And ultimately this is also the moment where they take him seriously as the Don after the five bosses are killed. Uh, you know, if you, if you notice, there's a scene before the baptism, uh, wh- when Vito is still alive, but Michael is starting to, you know, take the reins. Uh, you know, he's not, he doesn't have much respect. There's, they still only, they didn't even, re- they didn't even call him Don, uh, until after these k- killings took place. Um, so I think he, dem- he, he wanted to ultimately have the respect. Uh Other than the obvious reasons for killing the, the the five uh bosses, he just ultimately wanted the respect that his father had um because you know that's a big deal to michael um and it also shows his coldness i think uh, as much as he was turning into his father, he was not his father at the same time because his father had a genuine love for people his father had charm his his- you know and wit and 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 he cared. Uh, he deeply cared for his family and his friends. Michael didn't have any friends really. Uh, And uh, he cared for his family, you know, probably just at a very uh, surface level as much as you should, you know, type thing. Um, But he didn't, he was very cold. He he was, uh, he was always cold to Kay, especially. Um, So uh, I think that that scene just ultimately uh, revealed who Michael was going to be from now on. Um, and obviously we see his journey uh, unfold in part two and three as well.
3: Hmm. Well, And to just, and to, pit, to piggyback off of something Andrew said there too, the idea of, you know, how he's, how Michael's not, you know, he has these similarities to it, to his father, but he's, he's his own, he's this own agent. You know, um, I, I find it kind of interesting, um, you know, that, at the very beginning like we were talking about that very first request you know that we see in the the, uh, the you know the first scene the first discussion with the with the uh, funeral director or the undertaker i guess he's a funeral director um asking you know vito to to kill these these men who have done this terrible thing to his daughter and vito doesn't even budge he just says you know you're not asking for justice your daughter's still alive you know he's he's like there is no way he's going to cross that line and you get to michael where it's like I'm just gonna wipe out everybody I think looked at me you know what I mean like we're, <laughs> yeah. we're complete clean slate, like take no chances, kill everybody I mean that's you just if you can't quite Im- maybe but you can't quite imagine Vito doing that, and it's like this idea that now we're in a whole new <laughs> a whole new ball game, you know, and that's gonna last as you'll see as we see here you know that's gonna last for a long time that reputation.
0: Vito knew that Barzini was was ultimately behind. It wasn't Tattaglia, It was Barzini who was ultimately behind the hit the hit on him. And yet he didn't take action against against him that way. And whereas Michael does. And it's interesting. Michael cleans house as he's leaving town. Like and I don't mean in the just in the figurative way. <laughs> they li- They've literally cleaned they <laughs> empty the house out. But they they he he kills all of these heads of the houses. On the way out of town, he, they're moving to Vegas. Uh, and and it's, I think it's interesting that, you know, he said, this is how I'm making the clean slate is I'm, I'm knocking the board off the table and walking out of the room. And he's making a statement there, which I'm, I assume we're going to see uh, the repercussions of in the next movie. Uh, so it's interesting to see that. Um, it it kind of ultimately shows
2: that it's, uh, it's not just business. It is like deeply right. personal, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and he yes. did this because of what they what they did to his family, but also like to him. Like he sees mm-hmm. it as an insult to him. And even though he's leaving to go start something new, he's not going to let that stand.
0: Right, right, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the big lie is, is when they, everyone keeps saying it's nothing personal, it's business, and it's anything but business. It's this is all very deeply personal you know these this mob war is bad for business as we as we see and it it doesn't hold them back let me ask you a question how what is the span of time that this movie is supposed to take place over it starts in i think 1946 when is that that funeral scene taking place do, do you have any sense of that? Is that the mid-60s i think wikipedia said 10 years so like 55 yeah
3: the yeah, the novel was 1945 to 1950. It's like fall 1945 to
0: like 1955. OK, so uh, only 10 years. OK, OK. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it and seemed... I, th- I think the, the second one picks up like maybe two or three years later. It's like still late 50s.
0: OK, OK. That's interesting. It just seemed like it would, would have encompassed a longer period of time for all those things to happen mm-hmm. and the ki- <laughs> all those kids and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, they are Sicilian, so. There's that. (laughs) (laughs) We we you know we like our big families. Uh, Well, let's talk a little bit about the about some of the the way the movie was made, some of the 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 choices that Coppola made and the cinematographer. Uh, One of the things I noticed I'm no expert in in film, but I noticed this tendency that even when the action was going on outside the frame, um, that Coppola always had. Michael, not always, but often, had Michael stay in the center of the frame in focus. You could see his reactions. What was important was Michael, uh, no matter all the things going on around him, that Michael was the center of the storm, was the center of the action. And I thought, I thought that was a very interesting choice uh, on his part. Any other interesting bits that, uh, of, of aspects of the the way the movie was made that you want to? Anyone else want to bring up?
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh... Obviously, the cinematography is very—it's a masterclass in 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 lighting and, and framing. And uh, Gordon Willis, uh, the the cinematographer of this film, uh, he wanted to shoot this film as traditional as possible. As innovative as the film was, uh, he wanted the all the shots to be timeless. So, if you notice the the camera only ever moves once, I think, in the film. And I think it's the very first shot. Um, every other scene is shot from ground level, uh, stationary. Camera's not moving. There's maybe one crane shot, I think, uh, during the first assassination attempt. Um, but everything else is from the ground level. And uh, what that also uh, uh, allows the film to uh, to do is is to let the viewer see everything as it's happening. You know, and 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 like you said, it, we see a lot of it from Michael's perspective, uh, and he's usually the center of attention uh, if he's in the scene. Um, an example of that is is when he when they do the flashback of when he tells his family that he's uh, gonna join the army. Um, uh, if you notice, as the scene moves on, it stays focused on Michael as his family members are family members are leaving the table. Uh, there's kind of like a uh, like, it's almost like a time, uh, it just shows the passage of time. You know, the, Sonny goes crazy. And then, oh, did you want to say something? When was so, that
0: scene? I think that's I don't from remember. Godfather 2. Oh, Cause,
1: oh cause, am I mixing oh, the movies up? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I think they filmed one?
3: that. I, th- I want to say I read somewhere they filmed that for the first one, but they didn't use it. And then they tack it on the very end of 2 as just oh, a way to, okay. You know, well, just I, to take kinda- that,
1: I take that back. But, uh, it's. I mean, it's consistent throughout, you know, the first film and the second film, the way it's shot. Um, uh, it's, uh, there, there's the, like I said, the, the light, again, the lighting, uh, was very pivotal you, films back then, you know, from the sixties into the seventies were filmed very brightly. They, they were nice and bright. And with, with all the stars in this film, I mean, uh, Al, Al Pacino wasn't a star yet, but Marlon Brando was the greatest actor on the planet. Uh, you had uh, James Caan, uh, uh, so you had, uh all this amazing cast um and usually you, they would be you know they would slap butter on their you know on their faces <laughs> and mayonnaise in their hair and, and to make them shiny uh but this uh but this you know kind of went back to the harking back to the old you know film noir films you know the the old the first gangster films um with with all the the, the darkness and the deep shadows um so uh, it, it's uh, and, and and each frame is is a work of art. I mean that that's another that's sort of another uh thing that comes with leaving the the camera stationary is when you're doing that your your folk you know the production design uh and and where the actors are placed and where a a, a painting or a piece of furniture is placed is is very important. It, everything matters. Um, so if you take any frame out of that film, you could hang it up on your wall uh so it's just really again i mean you you see the influence of this film to this day uh and again with the also with the foreshadowing i mean um i the the most famous thing is like they put oranges you know into a scene whenever someone's about to die uh you know that's a that's a that's another thing uh another choice Uh, i've heard that it's I've heard it. It might have been just a coincidence. I don't. I don't really think so. But uh, I've heard it both ways. That oh, is this a coincidence that there have to be oranges around the time someone dies? But um, I think that was obviously a, a director's choice. You know, one of the
0: things about Al Pacino in this is at the beginning of the movie, he is not the Al Pacino I recognize. You know what I mean? He's he's <laughs> he. Al Pacino is growly and he's sort of run, uh, He's That's intense. So I think that's 40
3: more years of cigarette
0: smoking. <laughs> <Yeah, that's, laughs> yeah. But even between the beginning and the end of this movie, there is a shift in, mm. in Michael, in the way he's portrayed. Michael in this is, is very clean, cut, fresh faced. Uh by the end of this movie, he's much more the Al Pacino, not quite the singerale, you know, pack a day smoker, uh Al Pacino, but he's much more uh that that gruff sort of character that i recognize uh and so i thought it was interesting. the other guy that i wouldn't have recognized if you if i didn't know ahead of time is robert duvall does not look like robert duvall of later years i mean just his transformation over time is remarkable uh but uh it, it's it's a it's a fascinating and one of the things i want to say about this movie before we before we finish talking about is culturally how this movie and i we kind of i kind of mentioned this earlier culturally, how this movie has impacted how Italian-Americans see themselves. Mobsters, post-The Godfather, consciously aped The Godfather. Like, in in some ways, they became more like the mobsters in The Godfather than <laughs> they were in reality beforehand. I mean, it's so amazing. You know, mobsters loved this movie. <laughs> they, they shouldn't have. <laughs> and they loved it anyway which just shows you something about monsters um <laughs> uh, i i don't want to say too much i've known some people just, just say <laughs> who are in that orbit and yeah it's it, there is some truth in a, in a lot of what we see here and it, it it's uh it's fascinating it that might be another reason why i did, i hadn't watched this movie before <laughs> it's a little too close to home but uh, it's a uh, Speaking of that a little bit, Dom, I, I do have a question too
3: because I don't know. Like in, in my, I've always wondered, and in the research I was doing, I couldn't really find anything definitive. I, I don't. What was Mario Puzo's sort of background with with where he you know got the inspiration for a lot of this? I've always wondered, you know, because I'm sure, you know, you everybody writes what they know to some extent, you know what I mean? So, I, but I've always wondered. I just know that he was in gambling debt was I guess why he needed money, but but I, that's why they op, or He, he jumped at the, uh, the the the. Um, the film option i guess for it too like ahead of time before the the book was even released but uh i don't know if anyone knows that or if that you know i'm just curious about that
0: i think he knew people i like he because he knew he grew up in hell's kitchen in new york you know he knew okay. the people who were in this stuff he, he this yeah. was his world and i think in like they always tell you right what you know and i think he ended up in a lot of ways writing what he knew about uh, which is which is these mobsters in his in his neighborhood, um, you know. You always had these guys in these smart suits. You know, they look cool. They look dangerous a little bit. They always had the car and the girls. And they had the money. And these kids, I mean, it's not unlike what you see today with some of these urban street gangs. They're the the kids look up to them. They want they these are the guys with power. These are the guys with money. These are the guys with respect, and probably more than anything else, respect it was what they what a lot of these kids craved because unfortunately we we have lived in a country where the newcomers whether they're Irish or Italian or from Haiti or wherever don't get the respect that the people who are already here have and so you know at that time the the Italians were looked down upon and and we 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 reaped the whirlwind for that well because we don't respect the people and so the people go out to earn it for themselves. Uh, hmm. So something to be said about that.
2: It's kind yeah. of the the dark side of this, of this movie. It, people may be watching it and enjoying it without thinking too deeply about what's going on that it's become. It's so cool. And they're all so cool in it. There's no denying that. But like, you look just below the surface of this whole story. It's like, oh, they're cool, but they like, they're not going anywhere good in this world or the next. Probably.
3: Right, I, I kept I kept track the whole way through, and, and uh, they they broke every single commandment.
1: So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, every yep.
3: every one of them in the every, film is breached somewhere. Yes, <laughs> so.
0: that is true. That is a good point to make. <laughs> uh, man, uh, it, yeah, interesting. The, yeah, the whole I was the the whole relationship with Kay I thought was interesting, but we could we could come back to that. We're, I I would love to. I'm gonna watch The Godfather too. Uh, that's just a given. At this point, I have to now complete the trilogy. Uh, But uh, you don't have to watch three.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that'll be a a harder conversation.
0: uh, You can can
1: skip three. Well, it's like uh, there's some casting issues. Yeah, it's like (laughs) we've been
0: talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the Indiana Jones movies, and we're not going to do Crystal Skull. Uh, Although some (laughs) some people say we should. And because it'll be fun to hear us, uh, uh, our disappointment uh, discussed. So maybe we could do that, but Mm -hmm. I certainly need to watch at least the next one. And uh, so we'll, we'll maybe if you guys are interested, we'll come back and revisit, revisit that before we finish uh, this discussion, any points that we uh, we didn't cover that you'd like to make sure we cover before we finish.
2: I think the hospital scene is one of my favorite scenes. We didn't mention that. That's such a, just like the restaurant and the uh, shooting. It's so tense. And I think I just love the, Especially the kind of resolution when he's out in the steps and the the their enemies go away, and the Enzo the baker is so nervous he can't light his cigarette and that's just it's a great the whole moment is great the whole scene is great
0: it's it's less is more in that scene there is so there's there's not a whole lot of talking there's not even a lot of action there's a lot of tension, and that is something I wish more modern filmmakers would learn from uh from the master is is that often less is indeed more (laughs) when it comes to this stuff that's a good point so before we wrap up i do want to cover some feedback uh from some of our previous ones and uh, we've got some emails that we had when we discussed uh john williams uh we have a facebook message from amy uh flowers who writes that uh she says thank you for this episode discussing john williams it was thorough include the olympics and yet I know it could have gone on for another two hours. I was afraid we we almost did. <laughs> uh, with, with every cha- track you played, chills ran down my arms. There really could be a series of podcasts on the Star Wars films with the motifs that are sprinkled in. There actually was. We called it the Secrets of Star Wars. There's, you could find them out there on our website. And we may, that may come back. It could. Of all his music, I have to say the opening credits to Superman the movie is my favorite. It's so theatrical. It makes you feel like you can soar. It's not the track usually noted on the soundtrack, but the actual opening credits. Uh, she says it's stunning. And then uh, when we discussed uh, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, she jumped in and said, oh, this film, thank you for covering this amazing movie and ditching your approach in scene-by-scene summary and just getting all fanboy slash girlish over it. We did. <laughs> I have to admit. <laughs> um, I really don't have much more to say other than what you've discussed. Uh, and then she goes on for three more paragraphs, <laughs> which, because that's what we do. We're fanboys and girls. Uh, it's... a the film is a pure delight, centering the amazing chemistry between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. Um, I just want to see. Um, she said there were some beautiful, heartfelt moments when Henry calls his son Indiana at the end, after calling him Junior throughout the entire film. It shows that not only is, has Indy found his father, but Henry has found its son. Uh, she did point out something we didn't mention, which was that uh, Julian Glover, who plays the bad guy Donovan, also played General Veers in Empire Strikes Back. We. I always have to note when we see Star Wars actors in other movies. So I have to say that. Uh, She says, thank you for bringing up some of the faith elements, but also realizing it's a movie and the mythology presented in the film should be taken as the fluff as it is. Yes, that's true. That's well, that's how our approach to all these things is. We know that Hollywood is not out to make theological films about Christianity, but we love to find those layers. Like the, as Terry Terry Mattingly, the the religion news writer says, calls it the ghosts of Christianity. We find in these things that, Christianity is there uh, in in a lot of these ways, even when not intended and or not done well uh, in, in some cases. Uh, so um, she would like us to do a discussion of the Grail, a Holy Grail, on a few trips episode of Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, and you can bet that that's on the long list of topics. <laughs> so uh, she did, and then she included a photo of her standing outside the the church slash library, which is now a museum for uh, Leonardo da Vinci uh, artwork in Venice, and then. Um, A couple more. Scott S sends an email. I was enjoyable listening to you guys talk about all three Indiana Jones movies. I think my favorite of the movies would have to be Last Crusade. I think you guys should actually do the fourth movie. He was the one who uh, said we should do that. (laughs) It would be interesting to get a full review from you guys after listening to the most recent episode of Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, the one where we talked about the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls and the Copper Scroll. If you guys haven't listened Mm to that, you should. I think they should do an Indiana Jones movie about the Copper Scroll. That's not a bad idea. I still think they should do Indiana Jones and the uh, search for Excalibur, but that's me. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, uh, Bennett says on our coffee and cinema episode, Captain Marvel, I, but uh, we father chip. And I go watch a movie, then sit down at a coffee shop and give our first quick impressions. He says, uh, I appreciate the idea to mix things up and increase the spontaneity. But for me personally, I like, I think I prefer the long form. Well, you get both Bennett now. So that's good. <laughs> Easier <laughs> okay. on the ears and more time for contemplative thought, which prompts me more. Uh, so uh, if you if people did enjoy that, we we just uh, did one last week uh, on Shazam. Father Chip and I went and saw Shazam. So if you haven't hadn't subscribed and listened to that yet, uh, go go check it out. It was it was a lot of fun to record that. All right, so that's our, our feedback, and like I said, we'd love to hear from you. But before we sign off, I do want to say thank you to our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows. Today I want to thank by name Clifton E, Daniel D, Kelly B, Max S, and Rochelle K through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. They make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows we do at SQPN at uh, Starquest Media. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What do you think of The Godfather? Is it an eh, it's an okay movie? Eh? <laughs> What'd you think of what we had to say? If, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there who have an opinion about that. Let us know by going to sqpn.com secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page. Leave us some feedback there or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com. Until next time, Father Michael Gossett, thank you for sharing for joining me in sharing the secrets of the Godfather. Thank you so much. Uh, Andrew Hermes, thank you as well. Thank you, this was fun. Uh, Mike Creevy, and thank you. Thank you, Dom. Pleasure as always. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on StarQuest. And you better leave a five-star review on iTunes, because I'm going to make you an offer you cannot refuse.